These two teams have a combined nine and seven record, a six and four record in conference. Ohio State is eight of those wins and five of those wins in conference, Northwestern being a one and seven football team and a team that, along with Colorado, contends for the worst Power Five team. Let me read you some statistics to describe how atrocious, inferior, just how desolate the Northwestern Mildcats are. They score 17.9 points per game. They allow 28.8. They only force 362.6 total yards. They allow 407.1. In comparison, Ohio State's offense scores 48.9 points per game. They only allow 16.9. And statistically, they are by far superior in so, so many other categories. Ryan Holinsky has nearly 1,000 less passing yards than C.J. Stroud. And yes, he's played in less games, and I don't even know if he's going to be playing against Ohio State. But the point still remains that Northwestern is a gutter. They're gutter trash. They're dog poop compared to Ohio State. Ohio State being, in my opinion, the best team in the country. Northwestern is by far the worst team in their conference. I mean, ESPN's FPI tabs them to go 1-11, 1-8 in conference, which would be by far Pat Fitzgerald's worst season at Northwestern. This game, the goals for each team outside of obviously winning, although I'm pretty sure that all of us know who is going to win this game, are for Ohio State, it's to get things together, is to shake off any rust, fill up the fill up the tires with air, it's to oil the engine, you know, grease the moving parts, replace the brakes, and get this machine moving forward so it has a lot of momentum and is peaking heading into their game with Michigan, which I talked about Ohio State a good amount in my Rutgers-Michigan preview because Michigan and Ohio State The mission here is essentially the same in November. You get an easy opponent to start November, actually an easy two opponents. You have a little bit of a warm-up game before you face each other. Michigan gets Illinois at home. Ohio State travels on the road to face Maryland. And then Ohio and Michigan, they've battled for many things, the Toledo Strip, the War of Words, and they continue to battle over who's the better state today. They get to battle for who wins the game November 26th. And that's what Ohio State's goal is, is to get prepared for that game. For Northwestern, they are not going to make a bowl game because they already have have seven losses. They're guaranteed to finish under 500. For Northwestern, I think the goal is to see who your playmakers can be entering next year. See if your coordinators or anyone on your staff is worthy of keeping their job because currently... The answer to that outside of Pat Fitzgerald is absolutely no one on Northwestern's staff is worthy of being safe outside of Pat Fitzgerald himself. The disparity between these two teams is crazy. I would say Ohio State owns Northwestern in every position on the field. Now, preseason, this might not have been the case. I did not expect Ohio State to have nearly the defense they had, and you just never know. 
and I honestly expected Northwestern, I expected them to be 3-9, and nine, at least beating Duke and Southern Illinois or whoever they lost to that was an FCS program. That was just terrible. Northwestern's one win came over Scott Frost and Nebraska, which at this point, Scott Frost is probably the worst head coach or was one of the worst head coaches in the entirety of D1 football which includes the the FCS, which Scott Frost nearly lost to an FCS team. Pat Fitzgerald actually lost to an FCS team this year. So it's looking like more of a miracle that Northwestern even has one win. Another interesting statistic to you know further drive it through to the Mildcats is Northwestern has not won a game in their own country since October of last year. Their one win this season came in Ireland, not even in the United States. I digress. This game is a noon game, and it will air on ABC. Ohio State is given a 98.4% chance to win, according to ESPN's Analytics and Football Power Index, and the Buckeyes are favored by a whopping 38 points. A 38-point spread. The ones that I currently know were larger than this. I know that Michigan had a larger point spread than this against Hawaii. I know Syracuse had a larger one than this against Wagner, and they ended up covering, but because Syracuse and Wagner agreed to 10-minute quarters, the point spread was held invalid, and any bet on that game was just canceled. Everyone's money was refunded. I found it funny, though, that Syracuse in 50 minutes, not the normal 60 minutes of game time, managed to cover that insane 50-something point spread. Ohio State is the better staff. They have the better quarterback, better wide receivers, tight ends, have the better trench play. Honestly, running back might be the closest thing that Northwestern has to Ohio State, with Evan Hull especially, who I think is a very underrated player. And then Ohio State is Mayan Williams and Trevion Henderson right there for one of the better running back duos in the nation. Though they have recently struggled running the football, you also have Andrew Clare and you have Cam Porter for Northwestern. I think Northwestern has, they have a great running back room, but everything else is just total garbage. Their defense is garbage. Their special teams aren't that good, though they're the best part of the, the best part of the team you look up 2022 Northwestern, you know, football stats, and it's just, it is revealing as to how, you know, runny and awful this unit is. They are 120th in points per game, and they're 85th in opponent points per game. They're ranked 113th in the country, according to the simple ranking system, and they're outside of the top 100 in football power index and efficiency. Like, this this is not a good team, and no one expected this to be a good team heading into this year. And, you know, it's an even year, so some thought that Pat Fitzgerald would continue that trend, and relying on trends is often some is often a poor way of often a poor way of measuring things, like seeing Oh, the up-down theory. Like Michigan, 2016 and 18, they had good years. The odd years were not as good as those years. 
So some factored that into the fact that it was 2020, and then Michigan had that disaster of a COVID season. And trends, you know, historical trends at some point will be broken, like Alabama versus Tennessee this year. Michigan might go into Columbus and win its first game in Columbus since 2000. In my lifetime, as a Wolverine fan, I have not seen my team go into Columbus and win. Michigan did that 22 years ago. I am only 19, turning 25 days before the rivalry game. So, yeah, huge disparity between these two teams. This is looking to be more like a practice game and open practice for the Buckeyes, and I anticipate I anticipate Ryan Field will be half full of Scarlet and Gray. Northwestern fans, I don't see many of you. I know that more of you exist than what the media and you know plenty of others want to say. You're a good football program, in my opinion, given your resources and academic standards. This team, though, is just, this team is not where it's at. It's not, you know, it's not a Northwestern team that's fundamental in discipline or trench play like what you usually expect from Pat Fitzgerald. It's it's anything but that. Ohio State's ranked first in ESPN's FPI. They're the third most talented team, and they're the number one team in efficiency by quite a significant margin. They total like 95 efficiency points. The next closest team, I think, is Georgia, who totals 91 and that four-point difference is a pretty, it's a pretty sizable difference, that's for sure. This team, I think, is the best team in the country all around. Tennessee might have a better offense than Ohio State does this year, and very good for Tennessee because I thought Ohio State was a lock to basically have that. But to compensate for that, Ohio State's defense is miles better than I thought they would be. I thought that at most they could be a top 15, maybe top 20 unit. This unit overall is top 10 or borderline top 10. And the way that they pressure you, the way they shut you down, the way that this defense in a certain sense is boom, but no bust, like they can shoot out, get turnovers, like what Tui Malau did against Penn State is just an example of the boom potential this defense has. There's never really been a bust though. They do their job for the most part. And Penn State, you know, Penn State getting offense on them, Penn State's streaky like that. And it doesn't help when you miss tackles. It also doesn't help that you play in Beaver Stadium, which means Penn State is much better than they would be at a neutral site or away. I'm going to give Ohio State and Penn State credit there. That's for sure. But this Buckeye team overall, when you look at teams that are top 10 or top 15 in multiple in both offensive defensive categories, efficiency, football power. It's Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan for balanced teams. Tennessee isn't nearly as balanced, but their offense is just so good and their defense is good enough to put them in that, you know, contender conversation. Clemson's balanced, they're undefeated, they're coached by the second best coach in the country. You know, Dabo has a 500 record against Saban, but they're not top 10 or top 15 in efficiency or really any category. They just like a look like a better version of 2014 Florida State. Northwestern, they're 99th in FPI, so I was actually wrong in saying they were outside of the top 100, but they're 112th in efficiency. They're top 50 in talent, but it does not even look like that on the field. Not one bit. They're by far the worst team in the West, and I think they're more talented than Minnesota 
is in Illinois and some of these other Big Ten West teams. I don't know if the NIL era or the transfer portal is hurting Northwestern that much. Part of me, though, is more so leaning toward the fact that Pat Fitzgerald was blessed for a while by Mike Hankwitz being his coordinator, and Hankwitz retired. His offensive coordinator, Mike Bajakane, or Bajakian, I don't know exactly how you pronounce that, so apologies if I butchered it, but he hasn't done a good job since the 2020 year. Mike Hankwitz was a great defensive coordinator who was there with Pat Fitzgerald for 13 years. Jim O'Neill has not fielded great defenses, though they have been better than the offenses. I just think it's time for staff overhaul. You know, the staff hires have been, the coordinators have been busts, and now it's time to move on. Players to watch in this game, I would look for quarterback C.J. Stroud to further pad his numbers. He is, him and Hendon Hooker, it's them for the Heisman. The only way anyone else is winning the Heisman for Blake Corum, for example, they have to beat Ohio State, and he has to have a big game there and a big game in every game he plays in, including against Illinois, and they're the Big Ten title game. No injury, no nothing. Even though his numbers are similar to Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, the Heisman's basically a QB award. And Hendon Hooker and C.J. Stroud, statistically, even though you're comparing apples to oranges, if you try and set them equal, I'd still say their numbers are, you know, their numbers are more impressive, or at minimum, just as impressive as Corum's are. Because Stroud is one of the best wide receiver cores in the nation. Same with Hendon Hooker, yes. But Blake Corum does have one of the best offensive lines in the nation, and his tight ends can block. So all of these things, all three of those guys have great supporting casts. It's similar with Caleb Williams at USC. A lot of the Heisman frontrunners right now, they have amazing, amazing supporting casts to help them. And I think that Stroud is just going to pad his numbers. He's going to cross 30 passing touchdowns. He's going to get a few hundred yards for sure. He's probably going to have video game statistics, whether he throws a ton or doesn't throw much and they get backups in there early. He'll complete a high number of his passes, have some deep shots that'll connect pretty well. Just look for him to have a big game, a really big game. And then for Northwestern, you know, I did this against Michigan with Rutgers and I didn't even put a Rutgers player because A, I don't see how Rutgers can win the game really, and B, there's not an individual Rutgers player who I think is good enough to really have the impact to help his team win the game or carry them to win the game. For Northwestern, I actually think they have that player, and I think his name is Evan Hull. Evan Hull is 579 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and 4.3 yards per carry. He also has 45 receptions for 461 receiving yards, 10.2 yards per carry, and two receiving touchdowns with a long of 45. He's also had five kickoff return attempts for 107 yards. So he's he's a pretty solid all-purpose player from what I can understand. Good running back, unfortunately. just He does not have the offensive line whatsoever. And neither does Cam Porter, neither does Claire, neither does... The quarterbacks for Northwestern, they don't, there's not a whole lot of offensive line. The passing game isn't good. There's just not much going for Northwestern's offense outside of their running backs. If Northwestern finds itself in this game, 
I think it would be because of Evan Hall in that run game, somehow working against Ohio State's defense, which has been terrific against the run. Even if they're not in the game, which is unlikely that they, it's unlikely Northwestern will be competitive for even a second. Evan Hall will probably finish the game as by far the best player, just from an eye test standpoint. And I wouldn't be surprised if from a statistical standpoint, he was too. And this leads me to my prediction. I'm thinking 63-7 to in favor of the Buckeyes. I think it'll be a test, testing ground for Ryan Day. C.J. Stroud will add 300-plus yards passing, four passing touchdowns. Ohio State will play many second and third stringers. That's for sure. I think Kyle McCord will get plenty of snaps in this game. You might even you might even see the third stringer for Ohio State get in the game, who would be Devin Brown. You might see him too. And it's just it's crazy, I think. The depth that Ohio State has at running back too. You know, Dallin Hayden, I think you will see him here. You'll see Mayan Williams as long as he's healthy. You'll see you'll see third stringers, second stringers. You will see guys that you might even not even know their name on the depth chart because I think Ohio State will come out swinging. It'll probably be something like high 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s at halftime. They'll take their foot off the gas gas in the third, maybe even in the second, and put in second stringers and then third stringers. Stroud getting over 300 yards and four touchdowns, that's going to continue to keep him in that Heisman conversation. He might get over 400 yards and five or more passing touchdowns. That would not surprise me at all. I think Ryan Day here is going to try and shake off the rust for his team. He's going to try and prevent injury. I don't think he's going to be interested in running up the score against Northwestern, especially seeing that Ohio State can score a lot of points in two quarters very quickly without much effort. For Northwestern, they will continue their collapse and fall to 1-8. and eight. This is by far the worst Big Ten team by a long shot. Moment of silence for Northwestern's entire season, beating the Huskers in Ireland and then returning home to lose to Duke, then lose to Southern Illinois, lose to Miami of Ohio. I mean, you beat the Cornhuskers, and this just shows how far Nebraska has fallen off themselves. You beat Nebraska, and then you return home and you embarrass yourselves in in games that aren't even probably televised live or have many viewers live. Duke, Southern Illinois, Miami of Ohio, and Northwestern allowed Iowa to score north of 30 points and probably secure Brian Ferentz his job, which it was secure already because he's not getting fired ever unless unless Gary Barda's willing to accept the threat of Kirk Ferentz retiring or quitting. But still, Pat Fitzgerald needs to make staff changes. That's very evident. This defense isn't good. The offense is absolutely non-existent. Let me read you. Let me read you some scores of Northwestern games. They lost to Duke by 8, 31-23. They lost to Southern Illinois by 7, 31-24. They lost to Miami of Ohio, 17-14. Penn State, 17-7. Wisconsin 42 to 7, Maryland 31-24, Iowa 33-13. They Iowa scored the second most points in the in 
out of the entire of Northwestern's opponents. And I think that this defense had some talent, they had some strength to them, and, you know, they still were able to get turnovers here and have some moments where they looked solid, the entire team did. But after you lose for a while, and when you suffer your first really debilitating loss, like just looking at that Wisconsin score is crazy to me. In that Southern Illinois game, I can only imagine that was a debilitating loss. You you get broken. And Northwestern is a broken football team. And right now, as of 2022, a broken football program. So Fitzgerald needs to make changes in the postseason, in the preseason, during the 2022-2023 coaching carousel. I think he's a good coach. I think he's very underrated. It's just that you're 1-8. and eight. Probably after this game, I'm almost confident you will be 1-8, though nothing's guaranteed. Northwestern will finish 1-11, and it's Northwestern. They're not going to get many people through the portal. They have restrictions on who they can recruit already. You need to have great schemers to win at Northwestern. And it's clearly evident that Jim O'Neill and Northwestern's offensive coordinator, Mike Bajikane, can't, they cannot scheme. So Fitzgerald needs to make those changes as soon as he can, and as soon as he and the school find fit to do so. Thank you for watching. If you're new to this channel, I encourage you to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video on my channel down below. And make sure to check out my merchandise page where you can, if you are a Northwestern fan, you can get a college football with Sam Northwestern color t-shirt. Same thing if you're an Ohio State fan or a fan of any of the 14 Big Ten schools. So I encourage you to check out my page in the link in the description. And if you're listening via Spotify, make sure to follow the channel. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you all around. Good night.